0: Welcome to the Kingdom Apprenticeship podcast and a chance to explore what Jesus meant by the Kingdom of God and how it can change everything for us today. Welcome to the third episode in the Kingdom of Heaven podcast series. This time we're going to look at the currency of love in the Kingdom of God. It may seem strange talking about love as a currency But if we look back at the old kingdoms, as we did in the first episode of this series, we recognise that one of the things that acted as a currency was fear. Fear has been present throughout human history. We only really need to look back at the recent pandemic that affected the whole of the world to know how much damage that caused because people were fearful. There were cases of mental health, anxiety uh, and various other issues that arose from that just underline that fear is not simply a matter of something we experience as as people individually, but as a society as well. Even in our own history, things like the, the Black Death and periods of flu, the First and Second World War, have had an effect across the whole of the country. And the thing is that it doesn't just affect us individually, as we said earlier, But it affects us collectively and it affects the decisions that we make as a nation. It affects how we build protections around ourselves, particularly with fear of things that may not yet have happened. When we hear weather forecasts telling us of great storms, floods, things like that, people are fearful. They're fearful even though the event hasn't yet happened. And they make plans to try and protect themselves. They build barriers. Uh, Maybe they, they stock up on food. But... It is fear that drives it, so fear drives action as well as creating strong emotions in us. And because of those strong emotions, unfortunately, people in power have used that to their own advantage. We know, for example, in the Second World War, that Hitler built on the fear of the Jews to generate xenophobia amongst his people and eventually the the Holocaust and everything that happened as a result of that but it came from the people's fear, and it was that that was built on. Going back into Old Testament times, we know that looking at plaques in the British Museum, the Assyrians used the same idea. They used fear as a propaganda tool to instill fear into their enemies, uh, to make people bow to their will. The same happened in Egypt as well. So it's not just individuals that experience fear, but sadly it is those in power that use it and manipulate it for their own ends. So I think it is fair to understand fear as a currency in a society. It's imposed or given or used by those in power that generate a response from those on the receiving end. Of course, society as as an object doesn't feel fear. It is the individuals that make up that society And so we can see that it's actually a shared collective feeling that people have to certain stimuli, certain situations. I know from my own experience that for most of my life I've suffered from anxiety. Various things that happened when I was a child triggered fear in me and those really have remained, Uh, fear of abandonment, fear of disaster, fear of being Uh, put in a situation that I have no control over. All of those things cause me to fear. And one thing I've noticed really significantly in that is that the more fearful I get, the more I turn in on myself. Uh, I suppose you could say that it becomes an introspective perspective. Uh, Maybe when things are going well and I'm not fearful, I'm not anxious, I'm not worried about anything, it's fairly easy to think about the needs of other people. But the minute anxiety kicks in and I begin to experience those old feelings of my stomach churning and my heart racing and unable to sleep, then my feelings turn in on themselves and I look for ways to protect myself and I forget about those people around me who need support, encouragement or love. In Matthew 24 verse 12, Jesus predicted this and he said, because of the increase of wickedness, The love of most will grow cold, but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. And I think Jesus knew when he said that, that as wickedness in the world, as pressures in the world, as fear built up in individuals, that that love that was directed out to other people, that agape love as it's called in scripture, would grow cold and they would turn in on themselves, looking for ways to protect themselves, surround themselves with security and forget about other people. So I think we can see that fear has been a reality throughout human history. So the kingdom of heaven institutes something completely different. It doesn't pretend to ignore that fear exists and it doesn't even pretend that fear will completely disappear but it deals with it in a completely different way. It introduces a new currency and that currency is love. I hope all of us have experienced love in one form or another. The love of a mother for her baby, the love of brother and sister, of good friends, the love between a man and a woman. All of these expressions of love are triggered by an emotional response in a very similar way to the way that fear triggers an emotional response but there is another form of love that the kingdom of god introduces and that is a love that is a love of choice it's not a love that depends on emotions although it does cause emotions to rise but it doesn't depend on them for that love to come into existence it doesn't depend on emotions to cause the love to flourish. The love that scripture talks about is a love that we choose to express. It's a love that God shows us in his creation and in his love for us and particularly in the way that he sent his son to die so that we could have a relationship with him, be restored in our relationship with him. Those were a love of choice. Perhaps the best example of this kind of love can be seen in the Garden of Gethsemane. The night before Jesus was betrayed and taken before the Roman rulers, it says in Matthew 26 uh, that he went into Gethsemane to pray. And in verse 39 it says this, Going a little further, he fell on his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. And despite the fact that he was overwhelmed with distress and sorrow to, to the point of death, it says in verse 38, that feeling of death that we all know when things are really, really bad, and we've even built it into our language. So, for example, when we're ashamed, we say things like, I felt, I, I felt so ashamed I could die, or I wish the ground would swallow me up. That sense of knowing. That when things are really bad, it feels like death. Well, Jesus was at that ultimate point in the garden. He knew he would die if he went through with this. But that distress, anxiety, fear that he felt. Led him to the point of going before his father and saying, If it's possible that I don't have to go through this, then please take it away. But, and this is where the love of God for humanity is probably shown in its greatest way. He said to his father, but not my will, but yours be done. You see, no matter what turmoil of emotions he was going through, and the Bible describes it, that he was sweating like drops of blood that were pouring to the ground, he was going through turmoil. But despite that, he made a conscious choice to show love to his Father through his obedience, and his love for us by going through that death and bringing to an end the covenant that would have resulted in our death had God not taken it upon himself. I said earlier that very strong emotions can make us feel like we're dying. We bring to us that sense of death, but perhaps the fear of death itself, and maybe what's coming afterwards, is perhaps the greatest fear that man is is aware of. And that's why I, it says in Hebrews 2 verse 14, since the children have flesh and blood, he too, that's Jesus, shared in their humanity so that by his death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. You see, if death holds a fear over us, Then Jesus facing it, particularly in the Garden of Gethsemane, but also on the cross, facing it, but not allowing it to take away his love for other people. By making that choice to continue to love others, then the fear of death lost its power. It had no hold over him. And as a result of that, he was able to demonstrate to us that we too, even though we may be going through things that make us feel like we're dying, We can still choose to love in the way that he did. I've heard people describe Christianity as a crutch for those who are weak. Well, I can tell you this, that if you're going through something that is overwhelming emotionally, whether you're facing death itself physically, and you choose selflessly to love others, that is not weak. And that certainly isn't a crutch. Because if even Jesus could ask, that, that that pressure could be taken away from him, then it's going to be just as hard for us to love other people when we're facing things that feel overwhelming, when we face fear in our own lives. In Romans 12, 9 to 13, Paul describes this kind of love. And he says this, Love must be sincere, hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honour one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervour serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need and practice hospitality. You see, what Paul was describing was the kind of love that scripture talks about, this selfless love. That is in operation regardless of what we're going through. And this is what he said, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. So it doesn't deny that we're going to go through hard times as Christians. It doesn't deny that we will face difficulties. It doesn't deny that we live in a world that is broken. But it does give us hope. And it does base everything on the way that Jesus lived his life which was no matter what he went through, he chose to love others. So now we're beginning to see how love really can change everything. You see, if love is the currency of the kingdom of God, then the way the kingdom of God operates is completely opposite to the way the world operates. In 1 Corinthians 13, Verses four to seven, it says this. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It's not proud. It doesn't dishonour others and it's not self-seeking. It is not easily angered and it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil but rejoices with the truth. It always protects always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. And remember, the kind of love that Paul is talking about here is this love of choice. If the kingdom of God operates with this love, then those that are part of the kingdom are truly blessed. And not only those in the kingdom, but everyone else in the world will be blessed too. Just as it says in Genesis 12 when God was speaking to Abraham, telling him that his nation would grow and be a blessing to the whole world. And it ends by saying, and all people on earth will be blessed through you. When God said that to Abraham, he had us in mind. Because as the church grew after Jesus ascended back into heaven, Paul describes them as the heirs of the kingdom and descendants of Abraham. So that links us to being people that will bless the world. And how do we do that? It's really quite simple, although the challenge itself is hard. But we bless them by loving them in the way the Bible describes love. Too often the church plans events, has outreach meetings, thinks about how we can reach people in the communities that we, we're part of, and yet the Bible has already told us what we need to do. That is to love God and to love our neighbour as ourselves. You see, when fear steps in, we've already discussed how easy it is to forget about other people and focus on our own needs and our own security. How we try and strive so hard to make sure that we are safe. But you see, if that's how we love ourselves, that's exactly what Jesus was talking about when he said, love your neighbour as yourself. If one of the ways we love ourselves, in fact, if one of the ways we try to protect ourselves is by investing our time and effort into making money, believing that money will provide us with the security that we need, whether it's a big house, whether it's an adequate pension, whether it's wonderful holidays, a big car, whatever it happens to be, even even if it's a matter of just surviving day to day, we still invest too much of our time and effort into making ourselves feel safe through money. But the trouble is that if we start investing in money, what Jesus said then becomes true. Because he said in Matthew 6 verse 24, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. So you see, if our investment is in money and we're frightened of losing that because that's where we believe our security is, It's all too easy to forget about loving other people. In fact, the cost of loving other people very often means that we sacrifice the time and effort needed to build our own personal fortune, our own personal wealth. If we love God, then we will love our neighbour and we will trust him for our security and our safety. If, on the other hand, we love ourselves too much and we invest in our own security, our own well-being, then we'll end up loving ourselves more than we love anybody else. And that is exactly what Jesus was describing. So to summarise the currency of love in the Kingdom of God, we need to just look at what happens when the Kingdom people and citizens encounter people that live in worldly kingdoms, world systems. Jesus said, if someone strikes you, turn the other cheek. In other words, if violence or aggression impact you, you don't respond with revenge, but you de-escalate the situation by showing love in return. So the currency is violence given, love returned. I think too often the gospel has been preached as as an easy option or as a a way of finding rest and peace and comfort. And of course, all those things come when you give your heart to Christ. But Jesus knew that being a true disciple, implementing the kind of selfless, active love that we've talked about in this podcast, came at a cost. And he said this in Luke 14, verse 28. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it, For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you saying, this person began to build and wasn't able to finish. You see, the cost of becoming a Christian is that you will live by the commands that Jesus gave us. And those commands were to love one another and to love our neighbour as ourselves. So the, the kind of love we've talked about in this podcast, the selfless love of choice, is integral to being a Christian. We can't say that we want to become a Christian without realising the kind of cost involved and that cost is no matter how bad things get for us we will choose to love other people regardless, just as Jesus did. Well if you're anything like me you've probably got it more wrong than you've got it right. Those times when anxiety or fear have overtaken you and you've, you've turned in on yourself it doesn't mean that you've failed, it doesn't mean that you've, you've lost everything, because the wonderful thing about God's love for us is that he forgives us, and he gave us his Holy Spirit, because it, the Holy Spirit is God's nature in us, which means that however many times we got it wrong in the past, we can always start again and get it right next time. So the next time you face something that is overwhelming, that feels like death, just remember that Jesus went through that. And even at the point of death, he overcame it. He overcame the fear of death so that all of us could share in that victory. The opportunity is open to everybody to share in that victory that Jesus had, that we can begin to love one another as he loved us Not to focus on ourselves in time of crisis, but to to share that love that God showed us with others. To care for them, to build them up, and of course to receive that love in return from others as they do the same. So I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. It's been challenging for me, so I guess it's been challenging for you too. But I do pray that the Holy Spirit will work in your life and just open scripture up to you so that you can see that it's worth following Christ thank you